0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast, and I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle,
2: On today's episode of With the First Pick, we'll pick our rookie all-pro team. The obvious selections, the biggest surprises, and the even bigger omissions. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spillman. This is episode 111. 111. And Rick, how many days until the 2024 NFL Draft?
3: Yeah, there's actually 112 days until the 2024 NFL Draft. 12 days, and hopefully I can keep my New Year's resolution of being nice, to Ryan Wilson, but we all know how those new year's resolutions go. Usually after a month, of going to the gym, all you doing, or you just got a new treadmill. Next thing you know, it becomes a coat rack. So month that's I, a good run. I am trying to get through the end of this month is what my goal is. Although I know that after 12 more days, I have the opportunity to maybe go in a different direction than you're thinking on some <laughs> of this, but, For the most part, I am here and sticking to my New Year's resolution.
2: Exacerbating matters will be that we'll be spending a lot more face-to-face time together, too, as we start our traveling schedule. So that can make things much, much worse, much quicker.
3: And then I'm going to become an expert in the area of coffee because we took me to all these coffee shops when we had the opportunity. Maybe we should uh, talk coffee while we're on the road. And uh, maybe we can get a free cup of coffee if we promote one of your Favorite coffee houses that we go to, or whatever the hell they're called.
2: Yeah, no, I, the the one in Mobile I already know where we're going. Debo, any uh, any money in TikTok coffee talk? No, no. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. All right, let's...
3: and you found one in Indy when we were at the combine.
2: Indianapolis. I took you to one in Lexington, Kentucky, which was a one of my favorite coffee shops when we went to Will Evans' pro day. So yeah, we'll do that. That'll be one of our side jobs. Debo doesn't think it's going to make us money. We'll prove him wrong. In the meantime let's talk some of these rookie all pros and Debo sent out an initial email of some obvious names. And then you and I uh, had our own votes for our personal picks and we're going to go through them together here and see, uh, see what this list looks like here. So my first question to you, it feels like, and I've talked about this before we've watched these rookies extremely closely because it's part of our job, but it feels like this rookie class has been bigger contributors across the board than in recent years. Does that sound right? Or is that just because we're paying attention?
3: Yeah, I think, like, last year, Debo didn't have us pay attention to this rookie class. Debo didn't even come up with this idea yet. So <laughs> it would have been great if he would have thought of this early in the season, and we could have had. But we do have a better – sorry, Debo. I I know you were sleeping at the switch there.
2: In but, Debo's defense, we didn't start the podcast till November twenty eighth, 2020. Yeah, I
3: know, but that's not – what did he do? Wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, let me think of this on November 27th? Why didn't he have that vision in the summer? I don't, I, think,
2: I don't think Debo, being nice to Debo was one of your New Year's resolutions, it sounds like.
3: No, it was Ryan Wilson, but should, maybe I should have put Debo on there.
2: <laughs> but anyway, what do you think about this year's class in terms of compared to previous classes? I think it's been a couple of the reasons is that
3: teams are playing these rookies earlier. Uh, I think they're doing a great job especially with some of these staffs of developing these guys, because not only are they contributing on the field, but from an overall economic standpoint, you save so much money uh, when you have guys on a rookie contract that are contributing at the level that they're contributing. Uh, and it's just, they're a bunch of good football players and you have to play these guys. Um, so you know, if, for example, when we talked about the 49ers, the luxury they have right now, when we talked about them in a Super Bowl window, is because they're playing Brock Purdy minimum contract on a rookie deal. So you can go spend money in other areas and why, but eventually you're going to have to pay these quarterbacks.
2: And we talked about it last podcast in which we recapped the um, semifinals of the national championship games. About how this draft class coming up looks to be even deeper. So there's an opportunity to see even more players next year.
3: I think a very exciting draft class in specific areas. There are other areas, just like every year. And I'm sure in future podcasts, we'll talk about the strengths and weaknesses of this draft class. But quarterback class, uh, this one's going to be fun to watch how it all unfolds.
2: All right, let's start with the quarterbacks uh, on our rookie all pro team with the first pick style. I'll give you a list of names and you can uh, tell so we're me we're to waste our time on this podcast talking about potentials. All right, it's Bryce Young. All right, now on to the running backs. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually listen to this would not be surprised to think that you voted for Bryce Young. It's CJ Stroud. Yeah, no, no question. Hands no down. question at all. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and give credit to uh Bobby Slowick, first time coordinator, and what he's done with CJ Stroud and what that whole staff has done with him because I don't know anyone anticipating him having this big of impact as a rookie especially at the quarterback position and I go all the way back I remember an August podcast when we evaluated him in the New England game and it was like oh boy this is going to take a little bit of time yeah because he wasn't getting through his progressions it, it was fast for him but Give them credit for finding out what he is comfortable with and implementing that into their system. And the rest is history.
2: And I think week one of the regular season was that Ravens game where he looked a little rough around the edges as well. But as he told you, the combine last year, when you made fun of him in his first college start, you got to give a brother a chance to warm up. Yeah. And And he he
3: is is warmed up.
2: He is good and warm. So, yeah, slam dunk, unanimous selection. He will be
3: receiving. What's that? That was at the Super Bowl on a set when we had him there. because no, I no, was in
2: the fire. combine. I had the clip. I sent it out.
3: Yeah, but I thought we talked about him at the Super Bowl. We too. talked
2: with him at the Super Bowl as well, but you were nicer to him then. Yeah. And then once you got comfortable with him, you started mouthing off and he didn't, he didn't like it. <laughs> Although he took it extremely well and that's the yeah. point Danny Cannell made. Danny actually said at the time that he was surprised how much his opinion of CJ Stroud changed when he met him in person and got to see who he was. And you say it all the time. That's part of the reason you you have to show up and see as opposed to just watching it on television.
3: yep. and and it's like I said, we had an opportunity because a lot of those guys, once they declare for the draft are going to be get carting, getting carted around at the uh, Super Bowl. And we had an opportunity to get a lot of those guys and get in front of a lot of those guys there.
2: Another thing worth noting before we move on here, Tyree Wilson, who is not going to make our rookie all-pro team, but we talked to him at the Senior Bowl, and he was um, had, had the injured foot, but he was extremely quiet and very nice and thoughtful. And then we saw him at the Combine, and he'd been coached up, but he didn't say a whole lot. So that's also why it's helpful to get him early sometimes before they have to go through the wringer of talking to everyone and their brother about
3: Well, Senior Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl, those guys haven't been coached up yet because exactly. they got a month to prepare them before they get to the Combine. That's why it was so important uh, at the Senior Bowl, especially when you get these initial interviews going, that you're getting the kids because they just finished their season. They haven't been with the agents and in their programs yet or just starting their programs. So you can get a pretty good indication of who they are before they get all prepped and by the time they get to the Combine, all buttoned up. Yep. So that's why I thought always East, West, the Senior Bowl, all of that was uh, extremely important to get in front of those kids at that time.
2: I'll ask you this quickly before we move on. Did you ever, your staff ever have the occasion to coach any one of those All-Star games? Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's the year we drafted uh, Harrison Smith. Or, uh, uh, they kept it,
2: you kept it very quiet, too, after the fact. Yeah,
3: we never talked to him after the Senior Bowl.
2: But you get an that's an advantage, right? Talking to yeah, all these kids. they don't do that
3: now. That used to be staffs, entire staffs when you know the teams with the worst worst records got an opportunity to go right. down there and coach at the senior bowl now. Uh they're doing a lot of these as part of the development of these young coaches that are position coaches. They get an opportunity to potentially be coordinators at these games. Coordinators get an opportunity to potentially be um head coaches or right. head coaches at these games. And one of the things I used to do uh, and I was able to, to get access was I knew our scouts were at, you know, out there doing their evaluations and I would out watching practice, but I would also go sit in some of these meetings and watch a position coach run a, you know, an offense or defensive meeting as an entire team or watch a coordinator Uh, as a head coach and you got pretty good indication of how these guys are.
2: Yeah. And I think you've talked in the past about how you, you, you've helped people sort of figure out who's who in the zoo when it comes to coaching candidates as well. Right. Yes. All right. Do you think I'm coaching material?
3: No, I, you're GM material all the way. I'm just a scout in the corner, just trying to, just to support you, uh, in this podcast.
2: That's right. Diva's going to change your handle to at scout in the corner. (laughs) All right, congratulations, CJ. You're going to win. I like I just a scout
3: in the corner. I think that's uh, a that's, that's pretty good. Catchy. That's that's the one you can't trust,
2: but that is your handle. And uh, Debo will be sending CJ a commemorative with the first pick hat that says you're an all pro. So that's good. All right, running back position candidates, of course, are Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson. Let's see if there are any other guys we want to throw in there that had good seasons. Um H Chan, if he
3: doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt, oh, well, I'm sorry, Debo. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't know you were. We were all three of us on this podcast. Did so. you
2: say this? Did you guys say both say Devon H
3: I said Kyron Williams if he didn't, and then Debo was. I think that's who. You he know was. what's funny?
2: Kyron's a year two guy, is he? Yeah, because I mean, when we talk, I, I I wasn't I was sure. I wasn't sure if you realized that or not because we would talk about the rookie. Rams class and you would always mention Kyron. I just thought maybe you meant, you thought he's a young guy, but he actually is a year two guy. So you were yelling at Debo for saying Devon A. So you could say Kyron Williams. (laughs)
3: I'll just go back in the corner. Let me just go back and sit in my corner.
2: (laughs) Oh, but just so you know, Debo has a voodoo doll and he's been stabbing it. And that's how he gets you to mess up. This is not uncommon for Debo type stuff. So Devon A. chain got injured. He's been in and out with injuries, but he has certainly played at an extremely high level. Uh, he's averaging eight yards per rush. Is that good? <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, by comparison, Jameer's at five point four yards, and Bijan's at four point seven. Uh, we are unanimously, we unanimously agree that is Rick. We went with Jameer Gibbs.
3: Yes, and the only thing that I would another player that be an honorable mention for me until he blew his ACL out, and then he was have and didn't play much early in the season was Mitchell. The uh, that was in Baltimore was having Keaton
2: Mitchell, and I'll tell you this he was averaging 8.4 yards per rush, right? So, I'm just trying to look at the stats here quickly. He only had 47 rushing attempts, Jameer had 169, and Bijan had 203. I think it's fair to say that Bijan wasn't consistently adequately used in Atlanta. Would you agree with that? I would agree 100%. Whereas Jameer got up to a slow start and people were asking Dan Campbell why he's not playing enough. Go ahead. It's
3: not a slow start. Okay. Slow I, usage, sorry. Slow usage, not yeah. that they wouldn't have had an impact. Look, at, I remember Justin Jefferson didn't play for us for the first couple of games early. He was a rotational guy. And then all of a sudden they figured out
4: that he's pretty good. And <laughs> <history.
2: laughs> That was a tough one to figure out, wasn't it? <laughs>
4: Who will so, have a better career, Jameer or Bijan? Uh, and maybe, maybe assume that Arthur Smith does not have that job next year.
2: Yeah. Oh, here, let me hypothetically. You don't have to read into anything, anything into this, just so we can jumpstart the conversation. Let's say Ben Johnson is the Falcons' coach, and he has Bijan and those playmakers at his disposal. Then, who has the next the best career of the next five years or so?
3: Bijan, by far.
2: Good lord, he didn't even hesitate, Debo. <laughs> All right. You heard it first. You heard it here first. Arthur Blank. The answer to all your problems. Well, you gotta get a quarterback. But um, once you do that and get a head coach, you're you're good to go. All right, congratulations, Jameer. Rick will hand deliver the your hat, your commemorative hat. So <laughs> <laughs> look look forward to seeing that. All right, I don't even think that's too controversial. Is that controversial, J- uh, Debo, Jameer over Bijan? No, I think an all pro team is,
4: is based more on production a for the given year. It's not an all pro team.
3: Emphasize the year rookie in front of it.
2: It is rookie all pro. So with the first pick, rookie all pro team. He didn't
3: say that. He just said all pro team.
2: You keep coming to Debo and he keeps coming back at you. I would be careful, Rick. Tread it's, lightly, my friend. <laughs> I, I forgot he's the owner. I'm just a uh, guy in the corner
4: sitting and there. He has the voodoo doll. I hope Rick doesn't pick Jamar Chase for this next position. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Rick, Jamar Chase is not a rookie. All right, so we're going to the rookie class. And it would not be a rookie class if Puka Spielman did not select Puka Spielman. So that Puka Niku was in. I mean, there's no advance no, ands, or it. No answer, no about question. it. Yeah. 100 recept- 101 receptions, excuse me, f- over 1,400 yards, five touchdowns. We talked about them each and every week when we were doing the um, top five rookie performances earlier in the season. And then things get a little interesting. So we both agree Jordan Addison is very deserving. And 66 receptions, 854 yards, nine touchdowns. And he did some of that damage without Kirk Cousins because Kirk went down with the injury. And I think he was the fourth, either the third or fourth wide receiver drafted. And you could argue he should have been the first. And that brings us to wide receiver three on the rookie all pro team. The choices are Rushy Rice, who did come along slowly at first, unlike um, Jameer. He did start slow and and sort of uh, was used more frequently and got hotter. He struggled with drops at times. And then Zay Flowers, who may be the twitchiest wide receiver in this draft class. He struggled with drops throughout, but he has also made some big boy plays as well. Who'd you go with, Rick?
3: Oh, I went with Zay Flowers because he had an impact immediately as a rookie, and he's their number one receiver in my opinion. I know they have OBJ, they have Bateman, but I think he was the receiver that Lamar really connected with and had a rapport with, and you can see that the way they play together. But I thought he had a bigger impact through the entire season than Rasheed Rice has, but Rashid's come on as of late.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, so let me throw some more numbers at you. See, we can come to decision Rashid so a decision here. Rasheed had seventy nine receptions.
3: The decision, are, did you not make the decision yet? I'm sorry, boss.
2: I went with Rasheed, but I thought we could come to a consensus here because we can't. Yeah. We can only have three. Debo.
3: Yeah, the consensus is is Zay Flowers.
2: Well, let me read the stats for you. Maybe we'll let Debo be the tiebreaker, and you've already angered Debo, so that may be in my favor. <laughs> Rasheed had seventy nine catches. They had seventy seven. 938 yards for Rasheed, 858 for uh, Zay, seven touchdowns for Rasheed, five touchdowns for Zay. And then in terms of yards per reception, 11.9 for Rasheed, and 11.1 for Zay. So they're close. And I, I, you, the point you make is a good one, that Zay did it consistently over the course of the season. Rasheed struggled a little earlier. And then they had to lean on him because no one else would catch balls for that team outside of the tight end. And then he finally, Rasheed, started coming on. Rasheed had three drops and Zay had seven. I'm not going to push back. I'm okay with Zay. And I think they're both going to get better. I'll ask the Debo question. Five years from now, who's had the most productive season? seasons? Mm. I think Zay uh,
3: has had a really, really good season, made as an impact. I think Rasheed may have more upside down the road as he continues to develop. So I'm going to go with the upside guy.
2: I, I don't just I, – I, I get what you're saying. The only reason I'm hesitant is because I thought Zay Flowers, when he was on at BC, looked a little bit like Antonio Brown at times. So if he continues down that path with Lamar, doing Lamar things, he might
3: be – both have, you know, MVP-type quarterbacks yeah. that they're playing with, so that helps a lot too. That does help a little bit, it turns out.
4: All right. Brian, I don't think we would have been having that debate for the third pick on the list if Tank Dell had stayed healthy,
2: right? Tank Dell is another. So, yeah. right, let's mention quickly some of the guys who who were in the conversation. Tank Dell got hurt, unfortunately, but he was he was doing crazy stuff. Average 15.1 yards per reception as a 5'8 5, 5, on a good day. Um, he had 101 receptions for four – no, I'm sorry, look oh, at Puka. So, my God, how did he do that? He had 47 catches for 709 yards, seven touchdowns. And he played in in a handful of fewer games because he got hurt about a month ago now, it feels like. So he did some special things. I won't mention Michael Wilson, who's fantastic when he's on the field because he didn't play a lot. Um, But I know that's my guy. Uh, The Green Bay receivers. Galen Reed. And Duntavian Wicks both came along as the season progressed. Then there are the tight ends on that team that came along. Luke Musgrave battle injuries for a little bit. So there's, there's some guys that, that made some plays. And the
3: only other one you haven't mentioned yet was Smith and Jigba and how he's come on as of late as well.
2: I'm looking at his numbers now because I haven't watched him. So I haven't watched him in, in probably a month or so. He's he's playing a lot better? Yes. Yep. Okay, excellent. First wide receiver taking a number 20. So.
3: And the only thing I would say when you're throwing out these numbers that would be if I'm just a scout in the, in the corner. Yeah, what uh, do you got? when you look at how many times they are targeted on third downs and how many third downs they convert, because I think that's a critical factor too.
2: I'm going to tell you that right now. Actually, I have to tell you that in a second. I only have first downs in front of me. (laughs) Uh, In the meantime, let's talk about these tight ends. And one of these tight ends has in real life, NFL wise, been named to a Pro Bowl already. Puka Nakula's been named to the Pro Bowl, not surprisingly, there. The tight end that's been named to the Pro Bowl, Sam Laporta. Turns out he is our with the first pick rookie all-pro team tight end representative. Hands down. 81 catches, 860 receiving yards, nine, nine touchdowns. What are we what are we talking about here? So no hesitation with Dalton Kincaid? None. Dalton Kincaid had five hundred eighty nine receiving yards and two touchdowns. So and there's some other targets. Well, I mean, the Lions have a ton of targets, but um, even though Josh Allen may not have been targeting Stefan Diggs as often. There was some split in terms of where the rest of the throws were going. Donkey K had a great rookie season, but Sam Laporta had a fantastic outing. And we've talked about it before. Rick uh, improved as a blocker from last year, too.
3: I thought he was a pretty decent blocker coming out, but he does it all. Uh, And. Uh, some of the people that I talked to in Detroit thought that he was, he had George Kittle type skills, which is starting to show up.
2: Yeah. You're not getting any pushback from me on that one. I, my next question for you is going to be redraft. He's a, he's a first round pick. Oh yeah. He's first tight end yeah. off the board. Yeah. That, that's not even controversial. It feels like. All right. Let's say a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hit the most important group of guys on the opposite side of the ball. The five fat guys charged with protecting the quarterback.
3: I don't think you can say that on air.
0: (laughs) Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: All right, Rick, I check real quick uh, about the third-down conversions for these wide receivers that you were eager to find out about. Jordan Addison on third-down, averaging 19, point yards, 19 yards per reception. Puka's at 16.7. Sam Laporta is at 10.3. And Rasheed and Zay Flowers are, are tied at 11.6 so they're they're making plays on third down as well so there you go still good it turns out they all are they all are indeed all right let's talk about these offensive linemen and tell me if you have any pushback here right tackle or one of the offensive tackles because we're gonna mix this up here just offensive tackle in general Dewan Jones
3: so uh fifty fifty.
2: What does that mean, 50-50? You're not sold on Dewan Jones
3: as, as a candidate? I was, and then he kind of sputtered down the stretch, and then he got hurt. He got hurt. Okay. Uh, the, the only one that I would challenge at right tackle was uh, Darnell Wright at Chicago. Who okay, yeah. As the season went along, but that's the only reason I bring that up.
2: No, that's a good reason to bring it up. And we'll just do the tackles in general because I don't know if we have a, a left tackle specific on the on the playing card here. Paris Johnson Jr., the sixth overall pick, I think he started every single game for the Cardinals and then Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones has started playing right tackle as of late, probably the last month and a half, two months of the season, maybe for the Steelers. I don't know if he makes this round of cuts, however. So we have to name two. Who are you going with? And And keep in mind, Bears fans are extremely angry at us for not being higher on Darnell Wright. If that affects your opinion at all. That
3: doesn't affect my opinion. (laughs)
2: Duly noted.
3: But I, I would go with Wright, and oh. I would go with Paris Johnson because of the consistency and the improvement through the year.
2: I don't. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I think Dewan had he stayed healthy, would have been maybe, in the discussion. Yeah, but he he got hurt unfortunately. Somehow it doesn't matter. Joe Flacco's the only quarterback on planet Earth that doesn't need protection. Those tag, those tackles are playing well. The backups to the backups, credit to them for that. But Darnell Wright is is um. Made life easier for Justin Fields and made life easier for Ryan Pace, uh, Ryan Poles, excuse me, in terms of not having to draft an offensive lineman with this next round of draft picks coming his way once they trade down. And then Paris Johnson Jr. again, same conversation there. They can draft a left tackle if they want.
3: Yeah, and Humphries, I think tore his ACL last weekend.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. So, or they can draft Marvin Harrison Jr. In the, if they're in position for that. But they're they're in a good spot as well with Paris Johnson Jr. and uh, Dewan Jones uh, was pleasantly uh, a pleasant surprise as a fourth round pick only a fourth round pick because of the pre-draft process. Right. And the concerns about his focus on being in shape, but Hey, he proved us wrong for one year. So good for him. All right. Let's talk about the interior offensive line. We'll go, go with the two guard positions. First. I had my guy, Peter Skaronsky on here, had the appendectomy early on. So he missed a handful of games and then he played, he played well before the appendectomy, not quite as well since. Um, but I like him. That said, he's in the conversation with Osiris Torrance, who would have been a first-round pick, but there were some uh, late-in-the-draft process injury concerns that I think saw him fall out of the first round. He's been healthy, and he's been playing. He's played in 16 games so far, and he's he's been, in terms of uh, the number of times he gets beaten, he's at 3.3%, which is uh, behind only Dewan, and Dewan Jones among the rookies, offensive linemen. So that's certainly noteworthy. And then, of course... There's Kyron Williams teammate, Steve Avila. Second round pick, who's been playing uh guard every single start of this season, sixteen games, and he's playing at a high percent, and his uh getting beat percentage is three point six percent, and he's right behind Osiris Torrance. So those are the candidates for me. Who do you like?
3: Well, those are the guys for me, too. Can I have the
2: same guys? Oh, we're we're gonna we're X and out Skaronsky. Yeah,
3: no, but I, I would go with uh, Torrance and I would go with Avila.
2: Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if I was, I would be able to convince you that Skaransky deserves a little love there, but the no, injury, he does, he does. but he he's going to have to be the, he'll be the honorable mention behind Osiris yeah. and, and Steve Avila. No, I think that's right. How hard is it to be an interior offensive lineman or for that matter, any offensive lineman and start as a rookie and have the success that these players have had.
3: It helps when you have bumpers on yeah. the sides of them but it's a whole different game from a speed standpoint and how quickly things happen. But these guys were all high-level players coming out, and they, uh, and I think those offensive line coaches developed these guys and did a great job with them as well because it's part of it. But I always looked at where were they at week one and where they're at now, and I think these guys both consistently climbed as they went through the season.
2: That even speaks uh, perhaps higher. Peter Skaronsky, who moved from left tackle to interior, played at a high level early on before the appendectomy. I think he, he'll be an eventual pro bowler. Yeah. He just got to get healthy. And they need to keep drafting offensive tackle so they get our offensive line until they get it right. All right. Let's go to the center position where I made note of the players that I liked. And Debo didn't even include them in the list. So I went back and included them myself. Somehow, weirdly, this is your guy that you didn't include either. So it's there was not a lot to choose from. It was uh, Joe Tippmann out of Wisconsin, who um, God, who does Tippmann plays? Play for the Jets. He does, right? Yes. Yeah, and then there was uh, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, who plays for the Giants. And I think it's fair to say that both players have had up and down years. But you went with Joe Tippmann. I went with John Michael Schmitz. Sell me on Joe Tippmann.
3: I just. He was just a little bit more consistent in pass protection uh, than John Michael Schmitz. I think they're both going to be good players, but that is a lot to throw on a rookie, especially at the center position. I don't know if they're also in charge of calling the protections up front, identifying the mics, how much they put on their plate. Um, I think this was more of out of any position we talked about so far is by default. Someone's got to we had to put someone in there. Right. So.
2: And if you look at the the numbers, let's see, they played almost the identical number of snaps, both played over 700 snaps. John Michael Schmitz allowed 24 pressures and Joe Tippman allowed 18. So I think your point is a half a dozen of one. Which one do you do you want to lean on just for this season and then moving forward? Who knows how this works out? I like both guys coming out. I think I may have liked Tipman even a little more than John Michael Schmitz. Yeah, I think, I think you awesome. like John Michael Schmitz a little, little bit more. Yeah, I like John like
3: Michael Schmitz a little bit more.
2: And uh, John Michael Schmitz's background is wrestling, which is always important when you talk about these offensive linemen. We didn't talk to Joe Tippman throughout the process, but he was six six, which is enormous for a center. Um, Big
3: man.
2: Yeah. So, all right. Congratulations, to Joe Tippman. You can send John Michael Schmitz. You're with the first pick hat. If you feel sorry for him, it's up to you. All right, Rick. That's the offensive side of the ball. Going to the defense. And I, we, you and I have talked about this before, and I think I've talked about it on HQ or elsewhere. The first, I mean, this is not a, I don't think this is a grand revelation. The first edge spot is going to go to Will Anderson Jr. Yes. Has seven sacks. And Debo, if you could look quickly at uh, what Rick's, I think Rick's going to hit this bet. He bet a dollar on what Will Anderson's sack total would be for the year. And I feel like it's eight and a half, but we'll see. But what Eight I, and a half. Eight and a half. Hey, how do you feel about that with one game? Do we give them postseason or just regular season? That
4: is regular season only.
2: All right. You need a second yeah, and a half, Rick. I, I
4: wasn't in fine print.
2: <laughs> he could get a second and a half. He got two sacks last week. Yeah. You're right on. You got you hit that one right on the nose. But what I usually say is that no one's talking about all the Texans gave up to go up to number three to get Will Anderson because he's been that good. Yeah. And, and,
3: it's, and yeah, there was a lot of hesitation by some of our colleagues on <laughs> – what oh, they're yeah.
2: playing. <laughs> he's not twitchy enough.
3: Yeah, but he is, uh he's showing that he is twitchy and he gets after the quarterback and he plays with his
4: hair on fire.
2: The highest of motors for sure. Yes. Okay. You think so he that
4: should be more in the running for defensive rookie of the year. I think his name should be
3: definitely a candidate for that.
2: Jalen Carter has not hit a rough patch, but that whole defense debos had hit a rough patch. I think it's fair to say, would you agree with that? No, it, it
4: you know, it's it's lessened a little bit recently. Like Carter has been the runaway favorite since week one and Anderson is is close behind. Um, but it seems like Jalen Carter's had it locked up, even though he has not been as
2: impressive in recent weeks. I mean, I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia, Rick. They there's some they they got some things to sort out. Uh in the meantime, second player at the exposition edge position to make the list and it came down to get the names right here oh yeah byron young who we talked about earlier in the season having a fantastic season and tuli Palotu. now byron young has played something like four million snaps he's played a ton of snaps it's so funny how much he's played um less so for for tuli and even will when, by comparison but who'd you go with?
3: I went with Thule, although I'm a big uh, Byron Young
2: fan. I agree. I went with Thule as well. And I think Thule has had an opportunity to play um, on a team. Yeah, where I'm, some...
3: yeah I'm not mistaken. They have they move him up and down the line because sometimes I think he rushed from the inside as well. That's right. Or, uh, you know, Byron Young is just an edge rusher, a really good edge rusher for a rookie. Uh, but to me, my tiebreaker was the ability to move up and down the line to try to create mismatches potentially versus a guard, but he can still rush off the edge, which gives uh, gives a team more value.
2: Will Anderson leads all rookies in terms of pressure in the quarterback. He does it 15.7% of the time he's on the field, and Thule is sixth at 11.7%. I got Byron Young, who has played – 300 more snaps than Will and about 100 more than uh pressures the quarterback at about 10% of the, the snaps he's on the field. He's had a great season. There's no doubt about it, especially given that he was a third-round pick and Will was first and Thule was a number two, a second-round pick. And we talk all the time about how well the Rams have done with their their draft class here. But um, Will Anderson, Thule Tupelo, two, two, They get our nods as the rookie all pros with the first-pick style. You okay with that?
3: Yeah, although if someone wants to complain about not having Byron Young up there, I'm not going to fight that either.
2: No, no doubt about it. He's had a great season, but Debo only gave us two slots, so there's no way the Alabama kids aren't making it, (laughs) and there was one slot left. (laughs) It's going to be hilarious when Bryce Young asks you why he didn't make our, with the first pick, rookie all-pro team. Um, All right, next up, defensive tackle. We get two spots here, too. We're going to rubber stamp Jalen Carter, even though he's hit uh, less productive weeks. Yeah. Yeah. He's rubber stamped. Yeah. I think so too. Six sacks, two forced fumbles, fumble return for touchdown. I mean, if he doesn't do another thing for the next year and a half, I think we're, we'll still, we can still marvel at what he did as a rookie. Now things get interesting, Rick. Now things get interesting. I didn't ask Lijay to make another video (laughs) to support Kobe (laughs) Turner, but I should have. And We've talked about Kobe Turner in recent weeks, and, and weeks prior to that, we've talked about Brian Brzee, the late first-round pick of the Saints who's had a breakout season and playing exactly like uh, many people thought he would once he got healthy. he's He's been so good. So, Turner, Kobe has nine sacks. And listen, Debo just mentioned um, Will and, and Jalen as potential defensive rookie of the years. I think Kobe Turner is making a, a fine case as well.
3: I think he'll be mentioned there, but if I have to put a dollar on somebody to win whatever the odds are. Uh, $10 would, million. Uh, dollars. Is, is it one and then plus $10 million
2: is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> He has nine sacks as an interior defensive lineman. That's insane.
3: Yeah, no, and I'm giving him credit for what he is doing, and he's twitchy, and he's a pass rusher. But are we basing this on just pass rush, or are we also basing it on the complete game?
2: I mean, we could do complete game, but pass rushes, flash. Yeah, that's, I know. What, that's what the attention.
3: media does and the fans. Okay, they just look at numbers and yeah, let's crown them king.
4: There are three candidates to win Defensive Rookie of the Year based on yeah. the odds. It is it is only three people. It's Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and not far behind. I know these numbers don't mean anything to you, but Kobe Turner is plus five hundred. So that means you know, with a significant performance and and maybe lesser performances from Carter and Anderson this weekend. He's, he's got a shot. So you saying I should put my dollar to win $500 on Kobe. We need a strong media narrative for Kobe Turner, but Rick refuses to do it.
2: Rick (laughs) refuses to do it. Well, he didn't want to budge on Puka Spielman. I budged Uh, on
4: Puka Spielman.
2: So what do you like better? Who do you like better? Puka Spielman or or Kobe Spielman? (laughs) Puka. (laughs) All right, man, the nice sex. And by the way, Rick, if you bet your dollar now to win 500, you'll get in early because if he has a big week and the other two sort of fall off a little bit, that number's going to go down. So you'll, you'll, you're will you actually losing money in effect. So think about that.
3: No, I'm not. So it goes down. So I win 250 bucks instead of 500 bucks.
2: All right. Well, that's one way of thinking about it.
3: Yeah. I still can't understand why Debo can't explain that betting thing correctly.
2: If you bet 100, you win 500 when it's plus 500. No, it's a You take
4: six hundred home and put it in your piggy bank. <laughs> <laughs> so is, uh, has Brzee been good enough to to supplant Kobe Turner? What's what's the pick,
2: Rick? I'm going with Brasie. Why? Okay, you have to explain yourself. <laughs> Why? I mean, he's been don't no no doubt about it. He has played at a high level, but he does not have nine sacks.
3: No, but he's been disruptive, and he's came yeah. on as of late. And if you watch, I think he had last week or the week four, two sacks in a game. He did. And I just think I, – I don't look at just the numbers. Okay, if you're going off, who can rush the passer? Both of them can rush the passer. But That's if you're great. looking at it as who can play the run as well, then I think Brazil is stronger at the point versus the run than uh, Kobe
2: Turner. Brzee's played 150 fewer sacks or thereabouts and all told seven tackles for loss for Brzee and eight for Kobe and the nine sacks, of course. And then Brian has four and a half sacks as well. I know you're not going to the numbers, just reading them out for people that are listening. I'm going to split the award. I'm not going to give up on Kobe Turner. I don't want. I'm not giving up on Kobe. He's a great. No, I mean, in terms of this, this award here, I know you like him, but I, I, we got to split it Debo. I think, uh, so we get uh, Jalen Carter and then, a half a spot each for Kobe and a half a spot. It's for- a cop out. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to move. Remember, to Rick
4: remember Rick's whole thing? Like, you know, it has to be a pop or a drop. That's I don't true. think we could split here.
2: All right. Well, Rick's not going to budge. And I I'm, I like Brazil a lot. So I'm just going to cave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good in the draft room. Eh, all right. Draft the other kid.
4: At Spielman underscore Rick. I know that will create a lot of uh, commentary.
2: I'm yeah, sorry, that's Lager. definitely our
3: biggest omission. Yeah, I wish I knew how to look for that stuff on my, on
2: my Twitter thing. Debo will show you. I apologize to LeJay because he's not going to be happy about that. Kobe, next time. So, we'll, we'll get you next time. And the good news yeah, is yeah, past, is. Huh? What's that, Debo?
4: I was just going to say the past two positions we've omitted. A Ram and a Ram. So Ooh. LA fans will, will not be happy with this portion of the podcast.
3: Can I just make one point that really tick yeah. people off? It helps when you have Aaron Donald next to you. Oh, no. You six guys sliding to Aaron Donald so he can get a lot of one-on-one oh, situations.
2: You're not helping, Rick.
3: <laughs> so I'm just... I'm just say something. Say
4: something about Puka. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, if, if he would beat a DB other than a linebacker every time he's in uh...
4: <laughs> somehow Steve Avila is and Kyron Williams are Rick's favorite Rams rookies.
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned Kyron Williams because the best news for Kobe Turner is he gets two years in the, uh, the Rick Spielman rookie voting. So next year, Kobe Turner, you can still win. No, he's played.
3: I didn't think Kyron Williams did he play <laughs> for the year at all.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Rick is – do you have something uh, against Les Snead and Sean McVay that we don't know about? No,
3: I love them. I think that they should be coach of the year potentially and GM of the year. Right. They've done a phenomenal job. And I think Raheem Morris should be uh, whatever the Frank Broyles assistant coach of the year.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, at least you saved yourself with that one. All right. Uh, while Rams fans fiercely take to Twitter, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit the rest of these defensive guys right after this. All right, Rick, we're going to the linebackers.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And this one felt pretty
2: straightforward too. We've talked about both these young men uh, frequently. Ivan Pace Jr. undrafted somehow out of Cincinnati. I remember liking him throughout the draft process, but we we discussed, number one, the linebacker position is sort of undervalued. And if you're undersized, that makes it even tougher for you to get drafted. But he's been an integral part of what they do defensively. I think he has the green dot. Is that correct? Yes. Which means he's the, the person who communicates with the rest of the team from the sidelines. And then our other guy, again, not surprisingly, Jack Campbell, the other first-round pick after Jameer Gibbs for the Detroit Lions, if we're ranking the the top three picks there, or top four picks, and we'll get to the other pick in a second, I think it's Jameer. Well, this is actually interesting. All right, so you had Jameer, then they drafted Jack, then they drafted Brian Branch, and then they drafted Sam Laporta. I think that's the order. Rank those guys in order of uh, effectiveness as rookies. Boy, that's hard. It is.
3: Yeah, well, you got to put Laporta first, probably.
2: Ahead of Jameer, you think? Probably.
3: Yeah, and then I would go Jameer Branch, Branch Jameer. You can make an argument either way, and then I would put Campbell out as the fourth.
2: And Campbell hasn't been slacking. It's just that he's had three really good players. And in this they, rotate,
3: they still rotate him in with uh, Rodriguez and yeah. uh, Anzalone and a couple of those other guys. The, the only other honorable mention would be uh, – my linebacker from Alabama. When I was watching Willie Anderson, I was just trying to watch some clips on him too. Henry Tua Tua, Tua, Tua yeah, who's also had a really productive rookie year.
2: You know what's funny? When I look at the numbers to try to figure out the pass rush rate and all that stuff, Henry's name has weekly been at the top. Has it? And I just, yeah,
3: I just, I don't go off those numbers. I just go off of what I see on tape.
2: No, I understand that, but I don't have. Uh, the acumen nor the hours of the day to, to watch henry to to tape when when Debo gives us all his homework so i'm just letting you know that he also according to the to the math nerds is doing doing pretty well in terms of getting after the quarterback i'm not, I'm not sure how he's doing in coverage you can tell me that because you've seen him
3: yeah he's okay in coverage yeah but he's been playing really good against the run i think he's instinctive um wish he was a little more physical at times but there's huh. no question that uh he's he's a good nfl linebacker will be a really good nfl linebacker
2: i don't think we talked to one person throughout the draft process last year that was a bigger rick spielman fan than henry he was incredibly uh engaging charismatic and excited to talk to you once we got on set even after you gave him a hard time which is uh some of those kids didn't get the rick spielman humor but henry certainly did <laughs> all right, Ivan pace jr Congratulations to you and to Jack Campbell. I think it's probably not a stretch to say that Ivan Pace played better than Jack and obviously played more often. Yep. All right. Good job, boys. Ivan had 93 tackles, two and a half sacks, and an interception, one forced fumble. Jack had a sack and a pass breakup and 83 tackles. All right. Let's go to the secondary. Last but certainly not least, start with the cornerbacks here. Debo once again tried to shortchange his Nittany Line alum. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, layup. Layup. Made Pro the Pro Bowl, Bowl team. Bowl. Yeah. And he, he in fact, didn't make the actual Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl team as a rookie along with Puka and um, Laporta. And, I mean, he played outside primarily in college. They move him all over the place. He can play inside, and he plays with an edge both physically down the field and coming downhill in the run game. I don't know what the holes in his game are. He, he was... Very much worth that fifth overall pick.
3: Can I have a question, Debo. Since apparently I'm picking on you today, when you send these rundowns, and underneath his name it says interception, interception, touchdown. Does it? Does that mean he's had two interceptions and one was for a touchdown? I mean, but you know, one forced fumble, three I, numeric <laughs> numbers next
4: to the stat would be. Incredibly easier to understand. We got to question the the school system in Ohio because Rick doesn't understand grading or numbers.
2: (laughs) Look, look, all that he overcame to get to where he got in life, Debo. Imagine if he actually had some schooling. He he could be,
3: yeah. And could do you imagine that I tested out a calculus in college? I never had to take a math test. That's hard to believe, Debo.
2: Uh, Debo's beside himself. <laughs> He's just stabbing that that Rick Spielman voodoo doll. See what's next. All right, so De- Devin with us. Congratulations, and we will get his final numbers for clarification for Rick shortly. All right. Next up. Initially in the email, Debo had DJ Turner here, and we've talked about DJ Turner. He had a really good season for Cincinnati for sure. But I was like Debo, how can you leave out my guy Joey Porter Jr. 32nd overall pick top of the second round because there's only 31 picks in the last draft. He has an interception, comma, 10 pass breakups. And he's gotten flagged four or five times for mostly either DPI or, or handsy downfield, but certainly much better than what we saw last year. And he has been critically important to what they've been able to do because it has allowed Patrick Peterson to play deep safety now. Minka's been out with injuries, have had some other injuries at in the safety position, and that's been critical for sort of duct-taping that defense together. I would say he's exceeded my expectations by a large margin. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah. Well, I liked him coming out as well. So
2: we were uh, the stiffness, though,
3: right? Yeah. There was a little tightness, but he to me was from press coverage the most physical corner we saw last year with getting his hands on receivers. And he was too grabby down the field. But I think we went back, if I recall, um, and against Ohio State, he had a good matchup, pretty good yeah. matchup against those those lads.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Top 15 pick. If you were coming at we were redrafting.
3: Yeah. 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 I think he may be the, the beside it was it Weatherspoon. And who was the next corner? Emmanuel
2: Forbes was up there. Christian Gonzalez. And then Emmanuel Forbes, I believe.
3: Yeah. Gonzalez was hurt all year. So jury's still out on him.
2: He played great before he got hurt, but yeah, not didn't play very much.
3: Let's say Gonzalez continued. Like he was playing. He would have been on this list probably and been number two. Then I would think Porter would have been number three.
2: Yeah, hopefully Emmanuel Forbes can regroup because he was coming out. He was a ball hawking machine, and he's he hit a couple couple rough patches uh, throughout the Forbes
4: course. was sixteen, Gonzalez seventeen. I think you know mm-hmm. there's that thought just that Gonzalez was actually the second off the board, but it was actually Forbes.
2: That's right, because that's when the Steelers traded it up. Pat traded it down. Washington liked Forbes all the time, and then Gonzalez. Slipped. That's that's crazy. All right, and then a few picks later, after Gonzalez, the Giants took Deontay Banks who we talked to at the Combine, and he was a little quirky, but ton of confidence, and he didn't care about the quirkiness. So you cared about the confidence, and he plays with that confidence, and he plays with the physicality. He plays with the speed, all the things we saw at Maryland. And um, how do you feel about him being our cornerback three on this list?
3: Yeah, because they play a lot of man coverage, so they put him on, and I thought that that's his best attribute is man coverage, and I think that he played very well. I didn't think he was above those other two. But I think he's going to be a good corner in this league for for a long time as long as he stays healthy.
2: Two interceptions, 11 pass breakups, and he is long and fast. And Deontay and Joey Porter Jr. got in over Tyreek Stevenson. And Tyreek, another draft pick of the Bears, who quietly also had a really good draft. And he has played a lot of football, and he has played a lot of football at a pretty high level. And, uh, again, making Ryan Poles' job easier as they sort out what they're going to have to do in this offseason that we'll talk about nonstop, I'm sure. But, um, we, you and I talked about him and we kept coming back to the UNC game where he looked lost. Yeah. He looked like he hadn't played football and then just shows to goes, to, goes to show that you can bounce back. He was at the senior bowl, had a, had a pretty good week. I don't think it was anything noteworthy, but he didn't hurt himself. And then how do you go from that, Rick, when you're evaluating him in the, in the fall and you may have not great feelings about him to, being talked into liking him throughout the process
3: well that's where you, the coaches come into place and the scheme comes into place and what we're going to ask him to do which may be different than what miami and florida was going to ask him to do um so and he was okay earlier in the year uh but really has came on like gangbusters as of late and uh, that's where it's so important when the uh front office and the head coaching and the coaches have to work together to identify what characteristics and physical characteristics are going to fit our scheme. And this is why we may take this guy over another team because he's going to fit our scheme better.
2: I know I've asked you this before, probably talking about another player, but just in general, are you drafting a Tyreek Stevenson? Because you know, you got to face Justin Jefferson twice a year.
3: I think, but see that that's the question on, And we all liked Forbes. We all saw the ball skills and stuff. But you also got to look at who you're playing with in your division. Yeah. You know, so look at the C.D. Lambs of the world. Look at the A.J. Browns of the world. I mean, those are men. Those aren't, (laughs) you know, small slot receivers. Right. And there's a 170-pound corner, which you're going to ask, going to be able to go against those big, physical, very talented receivers. Right.
2: So, yeah, that is – you do think about those things because you have to do have math. To.
3: Yeah. You play right. them once a year, and first goal is to uh, try to win the division.
2: Yeah. And next year, Browns are not going to have any – I mean, the Browns. The Bears aren't going to have any excuses. This team go. is going to look crazy five, six months from now.
3: Yeah, and uh, Ryan Wilson has claimed them as the Super Bowl winners next year.
2: But, I mean, those odds – you can make a – Several hundred dollars, Rick, if you make that bet now, Bears win the Super Bowl in 2025. Well, if it's like
3: one to 3,000 plus 3,000, then I can win $3,000 with
2: the $1. $1 bet. I mean, you you pay off your house. (laughs) A couple of dollar bets. All right. Finally, let's get to the safeties here. We sort of snuck, uh, sneak peeked it earlier. Brian Branch. I mean, he's been a revelation. They had four, basically four first-round picks two of which they got in the second round, and Sam Laporte and Brian Branch. And we talked to, every time we talk about Brian Branch, I bring it up. Uh, we got distracted by the 4-5-8, and we shouldn't have. Right, just like the Puka Nakua's of the world. Right. And he has been, I would imagine, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, was pleasantly surprised with how good and how, how quickly Brian Branch was played as well as he did.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, he, I don't know why he, but he missed some time with an ankle early. Um, but he's had a uh, really, really good rookie year.
2: And if you note on the rundown there, three interceptions, comma, interception for touchdown. That was week one against Patrick Mahomes.
3: So I don't know, is that four interceptions total, or is that just three interceptions, and one of those interceptions were for a touchdown? It's hard to really decipher what is being produced for us.
2: <laughs> that, is the, that is the great mystery that we may never solve. But I, I do recall... That that one of the interceptions was Week One against Patrick Mahomes, that he took to the house, which is a great way to start your career for sure.
3: Yep. So is it four total, or is it three total? And one of those were for an interception.
2: Debo, D- do you want to defend yourself?
4: Not really. <laughs> 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 we got we got to question this uh, the uh, the Maslin school system. This guy, how he graduated?
2: He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, It's three total, Rick, just for...
4: What do you think's going through his head right there, Ryan?
1: (laughs) Oh, right there? I can tell you
4: what's
3: going through my head. I can't believe I'm going to be doing a podcast (laughs) at the age I'm at right now.
2: (laughs) You got your hair feathered back? Look at that, man. That that was a handsome lad, wasn't You were a handsome lad, got a tie on? You look the same, which is sort of creepy. (laughs) I mean, like, you look more like high school Rick there than when you were protecting Dan Marino, when you were Dolph Lundgren oh, years yeah. ago. yeah,
3: when I went with the Dolph. <laughs> when I went through that phase of my life. Everybody goes through phases in life.
2: <laughs> so where, when did you go from feathered hair to the crew cut? Did you do that in college?
3: Uh, no, I went from feathered hair to uh, mullet.
2: To, okay. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. You yeah. got to have a football mullet.
3: Yeah, to kind of the professional businessman look to all of a sudden I'm in South Florida and it's hotter than heck down here. The crew cut flat top to <laughs> now just professional TV hair slash. If ever people ever gets me a role in hallmark, I just, I'm ready. You're ready.
2: Love it. All right. Let's talk about the one last safety position. And this one is a doozy. Cause we got some decisions to make Rick. So Jair Brown at Debo's Penn state playing for the 49ers, playing a lot. Jordan Battle out of Alabama, playing for the Bengals. And our guy, Christian Itzian out of Rutgers, playing for the Bucks. And Jair and Jordan were drafted. Chris, Christian was not. And I'll ask you, which direction are you are you leaning here? Because all three players have played a lot. All three players have, have been yeah. helpful in their secondary.
3: And I'm going to give Jair credit because I don't think he was starting right till. Uh, uh,
2: who, uh, who, uh, who Fonga got towards ACL.
3: Yeah. Towards ACL. And then he stepped in and actually played very well.
2: That's Uh, right. He's played substantially fewer snaps than the uh, other guys we're talking about.
3: Right. But give him credit for him stepping in and then not really falling off on a defensive side of the ball. Um, but, oh geez, that's Rams fans calling me now. (laughs) (laughs) They're on to you. Uh Jordan Battle, who we is a good football player out of Alabama. I think you know when we talked about he has some limitations when he's back on a defense, but I thought he was one of the most physical rookies at the position uh when he's close to the line of scrimmage. He's the thumper now when you watch some tape on him. I got yep. peeked at him. When we were peeking at DJ Turner a little bit, uh yeah. watching some Cincinnati stuff. And then uh Tampa Kid. Is it, it seen, I seen, Izing? Yeah. Seen, uh, you know, because he plays mostly Nick, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. So there wasn't a clear-cut direction from Debo on, did they have to play safeties? What are we doing with the Knicks?
2: Non-cornerbacks. Was, huh? Non-outside cornerbacks. I'm
3: uh, just kind of looking through my notes here on directions and <laughs> what to do, and that wasn't clarified in there.
2: You got hung up on the interception thing. <laughs>
3: So, yeah, well, that was the first thing that blew my mind and uh, <laughs> the lack of detail on direction. And then the second one was, okay, because Brian Branch technically is more Nick than he is safety. So yep. I was confused. I, I really was. That's but okay. I recognize what Brian Branch has done. Uh, and then I kind of, I can see Brown. I can all these guys I, I like. I thought they all had impacts. Um, but, couple of these guys, Debo, would be interesting uh, when we did our Just Good Football Player segments, uh, if any of these guys were. I know we try to go through the later rounds, but uh, any of these guys that were on our Just Good Football Players list.
2: I feel like Itzian may have been, either him or his teammate. The the No, it was Itzian. Okay, yeah. And, and I, I remember,
3: remember if Ivan Pace
2: and made it. Ivan uh, Pace may have made it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good call. So, All right. Well, I'm we got
3: to make it. No, I'm not a producer or a director or whatever the heck Debo does on the show,
2: but you have ideas. I have ideas. All right. I'm going to go with JR Brown. Uh, he hasn't played as much, but he has played at a high level on yeah. a really good defense. Yeah. And um, I don't think Jordan Battle has been as consistent. And that defense has certainly not been as good. No disrespect to Jordan Battle. He's done some good things. And it's a fun story, no doubt about it. But JR Brown, congratulations. So, Debo, that's two Penn Staters.
3: Is Debo still on, or did he already walk away counting the 10?
2: No, he's still on. He's doing work on the behind the scenes. So listen <laughs> to this, Rick. Multiple selections by the Rams. They had four. Ram, uh, excuse me, Lions had four. Rams should have had four, but you screwed them out of that, so they didn't get two. Texans get two, and the Vikings get two. If we go by school here, Alabama leads away with three. No surprise there. Ohio State, Penn State had two each. Iowa had two. USC had two. And then a handful of teams, the remainders had one. And 12 of the 22 picks on our team are first-rounders. 13, if you if you want to include Joey Porter, who was technically a 32nd pick, but top of the first round in last year's draft class. Top of the second round. But top of the second, thank you, yeah. yeah. So, 10 guys who were not first-round picks. Uh, Ivan one Pace,
4: undrafted player.
2: Ivan Pace was undrafted. Puka was two, a fifth-round pick. Players. Who's the other one? 18. Oh, we didn't put him on the list. He was on the he was the finalist, but oh, um, J.R. Brown out. made it. Yeah. Okay. But he was in. He was certainly in the in the mix. No doubt about it. Dang. All right. I think that's it. Good job. If Kobe Turner manager.
4: has four sacks this week, we're we're making an adjustment. Oh yeah.
2: I'll do a voiceover for
4: our, for our final list.
2: <sighs> you're but, uh, living not. Uh, you're living dangerously, Rick, with these Rams fans and Lijay.
3: Oh, all right. Just I want to see him when he's uh, when they don't have uh, Aaron Donald next to him. Oh gosh,
2: he's doubling down on the Aaron Donald thing. <laughs> 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 all right. Hey,
0: what happened with Kobe Turner? He- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he came
2: out of he came out of hiding to talk at you, Rick. That's great. <laughs> all right. So next week, next Tuesday, we'll be recapping the um, NFL, uh, the, NFL the, the college football championship, Michigan versus Washington. And while we got you here, Rick, you want to make any bold predictions about that game? Uh, Washington. Okay. I feel like I would like to see Washington win. I think it will be a more high-powered offense, which isn't some grand proclamation, but I think that that Michigan defense is going to be interesting to see how Michael Penix Jr. responds. It's
3: amazing Michigan with maybe not as many top-round talent players that Washington has, but how well they are coached and how well they play together as a unit offensively and defensively
2: absolutely and the washington offensive line is a really good unit but they're gonna they're gonna have some are gonna have the hands full on monday night so we'll be back tuesday to talk about that we're gonna time. do
4: a full mock draft on thursday with you know the top of the draft order completely set so our, our next full mock draft coming thursday are you going to give directions a little bit clearer Debo, so I understand what I should get prepared for for these shows. The only directions you need is that it's all seven rounds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so start start grinding tape, Rick. Start grinding tape. And uh by the way, my next mock draft for the website comes out Monday too. So look for that. Oh, I'll, I'll be on pins and needles. Pins and needles. Might be a draft trade at the top. Look for that. All right. Thank you to all who watch and listen, and the comments you leave. And remember, if you want to leave a five-star review, you can do that on. Apple Podcasts, FCS or FPS player, draft eligible who's coming out. We'd love to talk about him. That is episode 111 in the books. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next
1: week.